Welcome to Here For You, a daily podcast to help you get through the global pandemic without going completely bananas. I'm Kate Spencer. And I'm Doris Shafrir. And today is Tuesday, May 19th. So as you know, we are here for you to offer comfort and support during this scary and uncertain time. And we also want to hear from you. You can email us at kateanddory at gmail.com, or you can call us at 781-591-0390. Let us know how you're feeling, what you're up to, if you have any questions for us, stuff you want us to cover, ideas for distractions. We want to hear it all. How's it going, Kate Spencer? Well... Dory Shafrir. It's going okay. You know, I'm trying to um trying to kick this day off with a little more pep to my step, if you will. Okay. All right. Um and yeah, you know, I I had a hard time sleep, sleeping last night, a recurring theme of my life right now. But I did want to shout out the listener who recommended a melatonin chocolate. It's called Good Day Chocolate Sleep Supplement. Mm. They're candy-coated melatonin pieces that um, I got in my last grocery order. And at 1.30 in the morning, I was trying to fall asleep with like breathing and meditation and da-da-da-da-da. And finally, I was like, well, it's time to bust out this chocolate that's sitting over there on my kitchen counter. And let me tell you, it was great. It really worked. It helped me fall asleep. And it was, as I told you, like eating a gi- like two giant M&Ms. They're very big. They're like big fat M&Ms. They're delicious. So that was a that was nice. That was a nice treat. Wow. That's great. Yeah. You know, it helped. I got a little rest and uh, I'm going to try again tonight. Good, good, good. Um, oh, wait. Can I tell you another thing I did? Yes, of course. Okay. So I've downloaded the Calm. I've purchased the Calm app yep. as we've discussed yep, yep, yep. because I've my kids are having anxiety. Anyway, the other night I couldn't sleep and I listened to a train story on Calm. Have you ever listened to one? No. Okay. It's a sleep story, but it's about riding on a train. It was so weird and so amazing. And like you hear the like chug of the train in the background and the story is like about the train and when it was built, but also about like your ride on the train. And it was so relaxing Dory wow highly highly recommend for anyone who's having trouble out there resting or sleeping I know there's all sorts of sleep content podcasts apps etc but these train this train story rocked my world and then I told my daughter about it last night because she was having a hard time falling asleep and then she was like could you tell me the train story (laughs) so then I made up a train story imitating the man who had done the train story I listened to and like 20 minutes in my daughter was like do you have it memorized and I was like no I am literally just making up what it's like to ride on a train I have no idea what oh I'm my talking gosh about. that's amazing <laughs> but then my made-up train sleep story helped her fall asleep so it just felt like train sleep stories are where it's at right now for us wow okay yeah uh, the other thing we did recently is that um some people near us, some families near us have made up a COVID-19 inspired zoo, not inspired by COVID-19, but basically inspired by the fact that since we can't go to the LA zoo right now, which is a lovely um, zoo on the east side of Los Angeles, 
they've brought the zoo to peep their yards. So they have people have created animal exhibits in their front yards and with facts about whatever animals using like stuffed animals or people have made them like out of whatever you have lying around at home. And then they included signage about the animals. And so yesterday we drove around for a bit and looked at all these exhibits about animals in people's yards. This is so cool. Like what kinds of animals? Okay. We went yesterday. We did flamingos, insects, reptiles. Um, Oh my gosh, a butterfly house, hippo house. And then our last house was a another reptile house. And they had put all their the reptiles that they have in their windows. So you could like, they let you walk up into their yard and look in their windows at all their reptiles. And then they had a boa constrictor. Wow. In a, in a cage on their lawn. Most people did not have real animals, but this house, you know, they are, they're already on theme. That's amazing. So, <laughs> It was really, you know what, it was really cool. It was one of those things where it's like, oh, wow, the the kindness of strangers and people's creativity and um, enthusiasm really means a lot right now. And I just, it was really fun for my kids. They got excited. They want to do a bird exhibit in our yard. So it was just one of those nice things out of these kind of weird crises where you see humanity in a different way and it was it was it was really cool and we and there were so many other people out looking at the animal exhibits and that was also really fun was there like a guide to it or you just sort of randomly knew where to go uh there was a guide but a a friend had shared it with me oh that's so fun yes yes which um and if it happens again dory i'll let you know if you want to tootaloot around with henry i might just want to do that Yeah, it was really, it was really cool. So thank you, Los Angeles community. You are amazing. (laughs) Anyway, how are you over there, my friend? You know, I am pretty good. Um, I wanted to share something that I read this morning that I thought was really interesting and I thought might be helpful for a lot of our listeners. We get a lot of emails from people who are kind of struggling about what to do. Like when, when they can see people, people want to see them. They don't want to see other people. They don't want to, you know, just like all these questions that I've raised and a lot, I think a lot of other people um, are trying to figure out as well. So Emily Oster, who is the economist who wrote expecting better, which is about pregnancy and crib sheet, which is um, about like early childhood. I really like her. She has a very sensible data-driven approach to things. She has a COVID newsletter that is excellent. And today she wrote a post called Grandparents and Daycare that is all about assessing risk. Um, So she proposes the following. She's a five-step process. One, frame the question. Two, mitigate risk. Three, evaluate risk. Four, evaluate benefits. And five, decide. And the thing, the the part of this that was eye-opening for me was the first one, frame the question. Like, I feel like I have been pretty good about mitigating risk, evaluating risk, you know, the rest of it. I've been like, okay, I know what this is. I know how to do this. But her whole thing about framing the question, I thought was, at least for me, revelatory. So she, oh, go ahead. No, no, I just, I'm, I'm 
blown away by this. I just want to say, oh, like, this okay. is, I'm now sitting here in my head framing all the questions right, I have. Right, right. Like, yeah, it okay. totally reframes the narrative. Oh, look at that. It's a reframe. It always comes back to the yes, reframe. Yes, it's literally a reframing in a way that I just had never thought about, which is why I guess we need like people with PhDs to tell us these things. Anyway, so she says that you need to figure out not just what you're considering doing, but also what the alternatives are. So it's not just should my kid go back to daycare when it reopens next week, but also what are the alternatives? So is it going back in two weeks? Is it going back in September? Is it never going back? Is it getting a nanny? Is it quitting your job? Um, Sorry. (laughs) So much to consider. So much to consider. And she writes, you will have a much easier time making the choice if you are making a choice of A versus B or A or B or C rather than evaluating infinite possibilities. Mm. And then she also points out that framing the question this way can help you confront other questions, which is really interesting. So if you're thinking about reevaluating whether your nanny should come back in three weeks, then you need to ask yourself, what is likely to be different in three weeks? What are you expecting to learn? If you're waiting for a vaccine at the end of June, she writes, quote, a quick perusal of the facts would tell you this isn't realistic. <laughs> a very nice way of putting it. <laughs> totally. Uh, so I highly suggest reading all of it. I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, she also goes through how to evaluate the risks of seeing grandparents, um, Daycare and summer camp and school are kind of all lumped in together. And it just, it's really, I thought it was really helpful. So anyone with children who has been struggling with these questions, I I really suggest that you give it a read. This is really helpful. We don't know what school will look like for us yet next year. I don't think anyone does. Yeah. But there, but camp is still this kind of vague possibility. So, right. and and we're trying to decide how to move forward on that. So this this I feel like this I will I will try to implement this once I have a clearer idea of if my kids could even go to camp. Right, like this is great. Is that even one of the options? Still waiting to find yeah. out. But I'm but I I'm grateful that it, it's not a hard no. It's mm-hmm. it's a possibility. But then I ha- but then once if, if it becomes a definite, I then have to figure out like, well, then are we going to do it? Right. And that is terrible. Like all these questions are so they they're so scary. It can feel so scary. So I like the idea of evaluating mm-hmm. the risks. Mm-hmm. It's a good way. It's a good way to think about it in a calm a way that doesn't like send you catastrophe. It's kind of a it's a more sort of di- dispassionate way of looking at it. It's not it's not as like emotional, I think. It's data driven in a way. Or it's data, yeah. it's data inspired. Like her methodology, I think, is a very like scientist, social scientist way of approaching something. Which is helpful because I tend to I tend to personally function all from a place of emotion. Same. But s- certainly right now, too, it doesn't it it feels hard to know what the data even is so this is really this is a smart this is great (laughs) thank you kate um (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so that that is what i've kind of been thinking about and i don't know i don't know i don't think that this changes anything for me personally moving forward right now although as i have mentioned my parents my dad especially like they really want to come to LA and this to me still feels like a no 
like this. And would they fly on a plane? They would have to fly on a plane. There's no way. I mean, my dad is almost 75. My mom is 70. Like, even if they had an RV, I wouldn't feel comfortable having them drive across the country. You know, it just doesn't feel particularly safe in any way. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, but they, you know, they did go to see my brother yesterday. Okay. So they've opened up that circle. Yes. They've opened up that circle. My brother lives about three hours away from them. Although, as my dad said, they got back in two hours and 20 minutes. There'd never been so, (laughs) like, there'd never been less traffic. (laughs) I was like, oh, it's still, it's okay. <laughs> still a pleasure to drive. Right. right now I was like, great. I the road. Um, so yeah. So, so in that, in that regard, it was, it was definitely helpful. So I hope it's helpful for other people. Yeah, I know that is something we are going to be thinking about. And, and what I find a little overwhelming is that because the rules are so varied state by state and community by community, it's like, you know, here in California, you know, we are masked when we go out, or you are supposed to be masked when you go out, or maybe this is more specific to Los Angeles, but I don't, I barely emerge. And then I was reading this Washington Post article about like, you know, people at the mall, because in Georgia, I was just, completely I just opened that tab. <laughs> oh my gosh. Have you read? This no, yet? I haven't read it yet. I haven't read it. It yet. is like, from my perspective of the way we have done things here, it is like reading about people on another planet. It blew my mind, like just the thought of walking into stores because we just opened this past week curbs, like stores being able to be open curbside. So you cannot go into a store here in Los Angeles, but it's this, it's just, it will, it will read it and like text. Okay. And everybody (laughs) let's link to this article because, but this is also someone listening. This might be their reality right now. Um, it's just so different. So it's so hard to know how to proceed. Totally. Oh. And and wow, the <laughs> and the virus has not hit every geographical location in the same way. Like you actually are at less risk in certain parts of the state or certain parts of the country versus yes. New York or Los Angeles. And so, you know, that's also a consideration. Um, but anyway. Let's take a short break. And then when we come back, we're going to hear from some listeners. So BRB. All right, we are back. Kate, we got what I would describe as an utterly a charming, a sweet, sad and charming email. It's a perfect email. Um, would you like to read, read it? it? No, no. Yes. yes, you should read it. Oh, Okay, thank you. You're so welcome. Greetings from Kansas. I'm a listener of Forever 35, but I'm going to be turning 70. I don't remember how I found your podcast, but I am forever glad I did. I want to talk about the pandemic blues everyone is feeling. I have been isolating alone since early March. I'm a widow, and the only family member living in town is my granddaughter who works in a nursing home. My entire family thinks I'm nuts to be isolating and not wanting them to visit. And I'm beginning to wonder why, too. I don't know whether I'm lucky to be alone or if I envy those who have another real person to see, touch, and talk with. Thanks for keeping me entertained and in the loop with what others are dealing with. Will a normal life ever return? Question mark. Thank you for listening and writing in. Yeah, I mean, I think 
it's so hard. My entire family thinks I'm nuts to be isolating and not wanting them to visit. I don't know. I think this is such a challenging time. We have to make individual decisions for ourselves and they can feel like a personal attack to our loved ones when yeah. they're not a little bit. You know, yeah. I, I think that is, happen- is happening. Um, but I think it's okay to want to be isolating mm-hmm. if that's... Um, and if there are ways where you can start seeing family that you feel comfortable with, I, I think that's totally cool to consider. Yeah. Will, will a normal life ever return? I hope so. You know, I think I hate this phrase. I hate the phrase, the new normal. I know. But there is going to be it. a new normal. I think there is. And I, I think, you know, one thing I have been reflecting on is how our our society comes back after massive, after massive tragedies or um, traumatic events or ma- casualties. I'm just thinking about like coming the way things evolve after a world war yeah. or don't evolve or how, you know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's not all positive, but I, I do think that, that we will, I mean, I'm hopeful that medically there will be a solution down the road and something life will change but we'll also return to the the comforts that we're you know things that we're used to and ultimately we as people will be better prepared for if something like this ever happens again yeah yeah and i think that's all we can know right now yeah but i just i also you know i think it is really hard not having a person to see and touch and talk with and i just want to validate whatever this listener is feeling we see you yeah we do and we thank you for writing in thank you um all right this next email is interesting all right hi kendor i'm writing in response to the reader who wrote about not being able to see her family i'm an immigrant living in the u.s and not being able to see family is a pretty normal thing that all immigrants deal with I haven't seen my sister since August 2018, my in-laws and parents in a year. The way we keep in touch is through FaceTime and WhatsApp, and I guess we are just used to coping with the distance. My sister is my best friend, and we talk every day. I get to see my nieces on video calls and see what they've been up to every day. I don't know what I want to say here exactly, but it's that don't stress out about the distance. You can still be very close and keep your relationship strong no matter the distance. Sending you love anew. Um. This is, I mean, I am not an immigrant, but I do live far from my family. And this is how I feel too. Yeah. You know, I, I really am so grateful for this perspective because this was a good reminder that this kind of, this distance and not being able to see your family is something people all over the world live with. Well, you know, every day. my dad is an immigrant and we, like, we saw his family once every, like, five years or something, like. We did not see them very wow. often. And this was pre-FaceTime and WhatsApp. And and when long distance calls were really expensive. So like, I don't remember ever talking to my grandmother on the phone. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, like... Oh, that's right. Because long distance. Yes. Like it was just said, so totally. expensive. And so... It was. And like... Oh, my God. So, you know, I... But my mom's parents lived like the next town over. So we saw them a lot. But... Yeah, I never saw my dad's side of the family. So like I, you know, I kind of grew up like that and and he lived most of his adult life like that. 
Well, I am grateful that we do have these new ways of communicating. Like, if anything, I feel like I have FaceTimed more with extended family members and connected more with people because of this. Yeah. And had it not happened. And that has been one of those, like, not silver linings, but like, you know, a silver lining. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was saying, I think I was saying last week that I talked to my parents every day on FaceTime, which I never did before. So... Yeah, my dad already called me this morning. I didn't, but I didn't. I didn't pick up. I'm going to call him back after we record our podcast. Fair enough. Um, he can wait, <laughs> Dad. You can wait, <laughs> Jim. <laughs> Calm down. Uh, um, all right. So we got a voicemail um, from a listener who was responding to something that we heard last week um, from the woman who had who was fostering the cat. Um, and we both had some advice and she had some more advice. Hi guys, this is Aoife in Dublin and I'm calling about Thursday's show when the woman called up about the cat that's giving her all of these problems. Um, I just wanted to say, now I haven't listened to Friday's show and maybe people called in and you've covered this um but she should really think about getting a cat behaviorist um i know she's not keeping the cat for long term but if she's just thinking she might try to keep the cat long term i swear you think you've tried everything that you've found on google that that people have suggested on facebook to try to help your cat and get your cat to improve their behavior we adopted two kittens, two sisters, and for the first six months, their bathroom habits were a nightmare. I mean, it just completely changed our household, changed our lives. It was really terrible. Um, They just, it was, yeah, bad habits, bad surprises all the time. This woman came in and she was like a detective on a procedural show. She figured out from the location, the behavior, the this, the that, and she sussed it out. She told us what we needed to change, and all that bathroom mayhem completely resolved itself, and the girls haven't had any accidents or gone anywhere outside the box in, like, a year. Um, So anyway, there are actual experts who genuinely can suss out what's making an animal behave in a way that's antisocial or destructive or whatever else. So um, anyone's having difficulty out there, please find a cat expert and they really can set you free. Okay, lots of love. Bye. A cat expert can set you free. that well i mean you had uh, first uh, like first of all yes if this is within your financial means yes like we had to take my cat had to go on prozac i know your dog has been on prozac um my cat had so many issues over the years she was a very high maintenance little diva the best though the best cat but uh, yes i mean you've we've pets are sometimes very hard and need professional help just like humans totally totally thank you isa for this voicemail very much appreciated. Also, like, can, 
can I just say like Dublin? It's so cool. Someone in Ireland is listening to this. <laughs> yes. I still like am blown away that anyone hears this. So hello, <laughs> Ireland. Um, all right. Well, Kate, the word of the day was kind of inspired by your zoo trip. It's Ooh. it's explore. Ooh, tell me what's the intention behind well, this story? Just, what are you hoping to explore? I think just that the idea that there's always something to explore, even if your world seems smaller these days. Wow, that that makes me come very close to crying. Oh. That's a really beautiful sentiment. Well, thank you. So... Yeah, so it can mean kind of whatever, wherever our listeners are, it can mean what it what it means for them. Um, but, you know, it can be something in your house. It can be something in your mind. It can be something in your town, like with you. Um, something new that you do with your partner or your child or whatever. Um, a friend. So many options. I have been, and I'll talk more about this later, but digging into um, nonfiction books over uh, on Audible, because I still have some credits to burn through over on the old Audible. And that has been a really way, a really great way for me to like learn more about something. I'm trying to really try to read stuff or listen to stuff I, I have never learned about before. And that's been really interesting. So take a look. It's in a book, everybody. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard that one before. A reading Rainbow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, Kate, tell me about our activity today. Okay, well, <clears throat> I haven't completed this activity, but it's on my kind of open tab list of things I'm going to do today. And that is to watch the final episode of John Krasinski's Some Good News internet show. Um, he does, I don't want to spoil, I guess, what has happened. I've already spoiled it for myself and I'm still watching it, but he kind of recaps what they've done on all the episodes. And you know, I just I have to say, I appreciate what he's done. He's really like created a show at home, did a lot of really cool things. I think we featured the episode where he had the entire cast of Hamilton come on and sing to a nine-year-old girl who was going to see Hamilton, but now couldn't because of the coronavirus. And I, I just want to, you know, shout out a uh, hometown guy. Nice. Massachusetts, <laughs> Massachusetts, John Krasinski, and for making something really positive for people in this time. And so the final episode is out today, um, or was out, excuse me, today, but tomorrow, yesterday, if you're listening to this, when this episode drops. Um, so give it a watch. Um, I think it will make you feel good and warm your, warm your whole Aww, soul. That's so nice. I will definitely watch it. Yeah. And feel proud of a fellow Bostonian. Hmm. Well, Thank you all so much for listening. We're grateful for you. We are also here for Big you. I'm grateful. Yeah. And but you know uh, what, Dory? Yes, Kate. I, the listeners are here for us. They and are. I just want to say I really appreciate that. Yeah, they really are. So thank you. Um. All right. We will talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.